It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 1st. 2019. Happy New Year. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy with you on this new year, January 1st, 2019. I promise I won't say 2018, just like I promise I won't say Bobcats on this podcast. On today's episode, we'll talk all about the Magic's loss to the Charlotte Hornets, plus my big New Year's resolution for the Orlando Magic. Try and make this a quick episode because I'm sure you all want to enjoy the day. Enjoy watching UCF beat up on LSU, charge on, and of course, enjoy Northwestern's Holiday Bowl victory. I know, I am. I think Northwestern just forced another turnover and scored another touchdown in the third quarter. Sorry about that, Utah. Sorry about that, David. I don't know if, I don't know if David's a, a Utes fan or not, but, but Northwestern, Northwestern did, did, did us proud, of, uh, at, least, uh, at least me proud, um, and I'm sure UCF will do all of Central Florida and all of college football proud winning another national championship in the Fiesta Bowl. And yeah, I'm going to claim it for them. I'm going to declare UCF the national champions if they defeat LSU. I don't care. Um, but before we do any of that, I do want to remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just like there's a podcast covering the magic with the excruciating detail that I cover the team with, there's one covering every single team in the NBA with that level of detail. Want to get a leg up on the Chicago Bulls, the Magic's next opponent? Check out Locked On Bulls. They do, I, I do actually listen to Locked On Bulls. They do a great job covering the Chicago Bulls, have some great guests and great interaction as well. So definitely check them out. Want to? I forgot to advertise this, but in case it's not 1 p.m. or in case you're looking to gloat or, or find some analysis of the Fiesta Bowl, there is a Locked On LSU Tigers. I believe it's Locked On LSU. You can find that on iTunes to search for Locked On, the team you're looking for. There's NBA, MLB, NFL, and college as well. Check it all out on iTunes to search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic ended the calendar year 2018 with a trip to the Queen City to take on the Charlotte Hornets, a team that's been a thorn in the Magic side for the last five years. I think it's now a 12-game losing streak or at least 12 of the last 13 or something like that. In any case, this game did not play out much different. Orlando did get out to a 14-4 start, and that felt nice. Orlando was getting some good movement, some good ball movement, and good shots. 
Defense was a little bit loose. They were giving up some open shots. But hey, 10-point lead, that's a good place to start. But Charlotte got back into the lead very quickly and then took a 10-point lead themselves just as quickly. And from there, it was just sort of like the game on Sunday with the, with the Hornets playing the role of the Magic and the Magic playing the role of the Pistons where Charlotte would take a 10-point lead, Orlando would call timeout or make a change of some sort, reel everything back in, get it to within a possession, but never be able to take back the lead, and then Charlotte would race ahead by 10. Of course, that was until the third quarter. Yeah, Malik Monk hitting a three at the halftime buzzer to make it a 10-point game, but Orlando did cut back into it to start the third quarter. They had a good start to the quarter, but from then on, it was pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, moving to the open man, Charlotte's defense shutting down Orlando's offense completely, Orlando just unable to get themselves moving and get themselves the open looks that they need to succeed. First half, it was all Kemba Walker. He scored 20 of his 24 points in the first half, did a great job attacking pick and rolls, attacking the paint, setting himself up for that for that uh, off-the-dribble three-pointer that he has become so good at. And Orlando's defense just inconsistent in how they wanted to defend it. It was clear that Orlando wanted to blitz it a little bit. I wouldn't say, uh, Not a full blitz, but wanted to press up on Walker and try and get him to not, at least not allow him into the paint and challenge any three-pointers that he wanted to take while the guards were covered. But the coverage was just inconsistent. Sometimes Vucevic would drop back too far. Sometimes Jaron Grant, who started in place of DJ Augustin, was out with a sprained ankle, wouldn't be able to get over the screen in time. And that just created all this space for Kemba Walker to work. Because it wasn't just the 24 points that he scored, again, 20 in the first half. He had eight assists as well. All this in just 27 minutes. So the Hornets were able to really do whatever they wanted because Walker just was able to control the pace of the game. Now, there were stretches, and this is the stretch where the Magic were able to close down the deficit, get it to like five, three points, somewhere in there. There were those stretches where the Magic played their defense really, really well. Like you could you could tell when it turned on. Like Nikola Vucevic was a little bit more aggressive with with how he attacked screen and rolls. Um, the rotations behind him were really crisp for 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 again short stretches. Like there were really good stretches. I mean, I, I know the Magic end up losing by 25, 125 to one hundred here, but there were stretches, relatively long stretches, in fact where the Magic looked really good defensively. They, they had that trust. They had that intensity that they needed. And for whatever reason, they just couldn't keep it up. They couldn't keep uh, that angle set. And, you know, maybe it was Jaron Grant not being able to defend effectively. Maybe it was Vucevic not uh, not knowing what the schemes were um, or, or not playing at, at the effectiveness that he needs to play. Maybe it was frustration offensively because the Magic played really well offensively in the first half. They scored 53 points. They, they were able to get the shots they wanted for the most part. They moved the ball. They played off. They played off each other really, really well. Um, so there were a lot of good things in the first half, even if the defense wasn't as crisp as it needed to be. But that offense completely dried up in the second half. Orlando was unable to get the ball moving, unable to make shots. They missed a lot of a lot of baskets. It felt like they were trying to force feed Nikola Vucevic too much or force feed certain players too much. And so their player movement and their ball movement stopped. It was, you know, there's one specific possession where Vucevic was was trying to post up, I think it was Cody Zeller. If not him, it was Willie Hernan Gomez. And Evan Fournier spent a good 10 seconds trying to get him the ball. That is too long, because by the time Fournier dished it back out to the perimeter, the time on the shot clock was gone, and Orlando needed to get a shot up. And so there were a lot of possessions where the, where the uh, shot clock got all the way down to the end, and Orlando was forced to take a really contested three, or take a contested shot. I mean, 
Orlando took 30, 38 threes, 35 threes in the game. That's not a winning formula for this team. This is not a three-point shooting team. Uh, you know, unless they're making 18 of them, a significant amount. And again, 18, you know, they made 10. So if you make 18 of 35, that's 24 points in a 25-point game. Completely changes the game. So unless you're hitting close to 50% of a 30 of 35 three-point three field goal attempts, that's not this team's game. That's not how the Magic are going to win basketball games this year. And so, yeah, it felt like Orlando was settling. They weren't getting the paint touches that Clifford talks about that that this team absolutely needs. The high-low sets with Vucevic and Aaron Gordon weren't as effective. Um, credit to Charlotte's defense. They completely stymied and eliminated any dribble penetration. Um, they were able to pack the paint a lot with Jaron Grant uh, out there because Jaron Grant just isn't much of a threat to shoot. And he's not really a threat to drive. He doesn't have the driving ability that DJ Augustine has. Uh, and with Terrence Ross going through a cold cold streak and and really the Magic's lack of shooting outside of Evan Fournier, you know, again, two for four from beyond the arc today, um, the only player to shoot better uh, than 50% from beyond the arc except for Troy Copain in garbage time. It, 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 it It's easy to defend and pack this team in the paint. And so they have to rely on player movement. They have to get some screens. And yeah, they have to make some shots. So if they're going to shoot 41.3% from the floor, they're not going to win very many games. But... To me, the second half was all about the Magic's lack of ball movement. Their defense was never really there for long stretches, and once it collapsed, it collapsed. And and with the Magic unable to get things going offensively, that spelled that was the recipe for disaster. That was the recipe for a blowout victory for the Charlotte Hornets. And, and the Hornets just seem to have the Magic's numbers still. They're unable to, to kind of break that spell. Uh, and so Charlotte walks away with a 125 to 100 victory again. You look at the key moments. Orlando actually outscores Charlotte 30 to 27 in the second quarter, but Charlotte scores more than 30 po- 30 or more points in all th- in three of the four quarters. They outscore Orlando 32 to 24 in the third quarter, 30 to 23 in the fourth quarter, so 60 to 47 in the final two quarters. That's 62-47, that's enough to really beat any team. So the defense has to be sharper, has to be more in tune with the game plan. Very clear that they were not because they because they executed the game plan really well for, for relatively long stretches. Not like whole stretches, but good stretches of the game that gave them a chance, but they were unable to execute certainly on offense and certainly on defense. So Charlotte Hornets defeat the Orlando Magic 125-100. to And granted, I'll say this as well, Charlotte led by as much as 35 points Orlando just unable to keep up in the end. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Let's quickly run through the final box score for Orlando. The Magic um, led in scoring by uh, Aaron Gordon with 14 points, 6 for 17 shooting, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, that's the 
the, the shooting stat line, at least, was the kind of stat line that we saw last year. And, and, and something that I've been very big on and something that I've been uh, really trying to preach to everyone that, that would listen, at least, that, yes, Aaron Gordon is not scoring at the rate that he was last year. He hasn't had the big 40-point games. He hasn't had these you know gigantic scoring outbursts quite yet. But he's been very, very solid. And it's because he's avoided stat lines like this. And, and I, I think you can give him a little bit of a pass for a game like this because the, the team was struggling so much offensively to just get moving and create some motion and create some, some, paint, tr- some paint touches and drives. And unfortunately, with Nikola Vucevic struggling, I'll talk about him in a moment, with Vucevic struggling, Gordon got the, Gordon got the call a lot of times with the ball in those late shot clock situations to create, or he got the call, just frankly, to create a little bit. And that's not his strong suit, at least not as a scorer. What's becoming increasingly clear, though, is the other parts of his box score as his stat line are just as important. Eight rebounds, five assists. Those numbers matter. Those numbers are important to, to Aaron Gordon and his evolution of the game. That's what I talked about yesterday, how he's becoming more of a two-way player. His defense is really taking over games. He's also contributing a lot on the offensive end in different ways. Um, the rebounds, I thought, were a great sign of his defensive activity. He didn't have the big matchup this, this game against someone who's guarding uh, Nicholas Batum for the most part uh, in this game. You know, not, you know, yeah, you have to worry about Nicholas Batum for sure, but, you know, he ain't Blake Griffin. He ain't Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, his ability to contribute and 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 provide some energy defensively was still vitally important, especially on the glass. His five assists, also important because he was able to get the ball moving, led the team in assists along with Jaron Grant with five assists in the game. So I, I wouldn't say it was a great game for for Aaron Gordon at all. Um, I think that he fell back into some of the bad habits that he that he developed last year when he, when he tried to be the number one scorer, but I think he kind of had to take on that role with Augustin out of the game a little bit and also with the team just struggling to move the ball in general. Um, you know, and, and I think that he did really about all he could and the Magic struggled when he struggled. The Magic struggled when he was unable to get himself going and get others going and, and you know, that's a lot of responsibility to put on him and, and in some ways he's ready for it and in some ways he's not. Um, so I think it's a little bit unfair to ask all of that from him. And that's where you get to Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic with 12 points, 5 for 13 shooting, just 5 rebounds in the game, 2 assists, 2 blocks for him as well. Vucevic struggled on the defensive end tonight. Tonight it looked like, uh, or Monday night it looked like Nikola Vucevic was playing defense like he did last year and, and pretty much all the times that we know about Nikola Vucevic, not the Nikola Vucevic that we've seen this year where he's really strong defensively and really good at closing down space and making life difficult for opponents, making life difficult uh, to get into the lane. Uh, I, I really think the way Clifford has described Vucevic throughout the year as he's our best lane protector, I think is a really great way to describe Vucevic's defensive uh, contributions, where he's doing a really good job just walling off the lane, just being a big body, you know, using his length. He's not Mobamba long, but, but he has good length, uh, and using positioning to keep players from getting into the paint. The straight line drives are, are really gone for the most part. But we still see these bad habits pop up. We still see these tendencies pop up on occasion, and this was that kind of a game. On top of that, Vucevic just didn't have his touch for whatever reason inside the Spectrum Center. Um, really struggled to to just make shots that you expect him to make. Um, you know, Not jumpers, but like little baby hook shots in the paint. Just good looks that he normally makes just weren't going down for him to going down for Monday night. So if they had, you know, maybe the game would have been a little bit different. Um, but 
you know, Magic were trying to force feed him, and and I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think I like those high-low sets where he gets the ball right in front of Vasquez, just able to turn over either shoulder and get a hook shot and, and does a good job screening his man off. Um, I thought Charlotte, you know, got burned on that a few times and did a good job kind of walling it off, trying to bump bump the screener, bump the cutter a little bit more, uh, and that really hurt the Magic a lot too. So, you know, Orlando's you know, got to find ways to keep Vucevic involved within the rhythm of the offense, not stopping things to get him a post-up. I think that's really the mistake that they made throughout the game. Jaron Grant scored nine points, five assists, no turnovers for him uh, uh, in this game, his first start of the year. Starting in place of DJ Augustin, of course, sprained his ankle toward the end of Sunday's game against the Detroit Pistons. It, it, it kind of sounded like it's not considered a very serious sprain. Um, you know, I, I was reading some reports before the game that Augustin really wanted to be out there. Uh, he really wanted to, to help the team get that third straight win. But, you know, it just doesn't make sense to do that right now. It, it just It's just not, uh, you know, it's a stage of the season where, yeah, get a guy healthy. There's a long, long way to go yet. You can survive a couple games without him. Um, maybe this Magic team can't. But, you know, I thought Jaron Grant did some okay things. I thought that he, you know, wasn't a complete disaster, but he's certainly no DJ Augustin. Um, the Magic, you know, lack that ability to get into the paint and kind of keep a dribble alive while you're while you're driving through traffic. Um, the Hornets essentially ignored him on offense. They left him open to shoot threes and did a good job again cutting off any penetration that he did get. Um, and, but really, the big thing with Grant is his defense. You know, Augustin isn't a lockdown defender by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, I, I think he's been better defensively than people give him credit for. Uh, but you know he's not locking down anyone. Kemba Walker would have had a probably big game against him anyway. It's just about containing Kemba Walker. Grant really struggled to get around screens, uh, and that uh, you know left Vucevic on the island that that you know the Magic have tried to avoid all year. That have done a good job avoiding all year. I mean I think the criticism of, of Alfred Payton was his inability to navigate screens effectively, um, leaving Vucevic kind of backpedaling on an island. That's that's not what they want. Grant had that happen to him a lot, where he just lost connection with Kemba Walker, was unable to get in front of him, and left Vucevic kind of backing up or, or you know, not sure where he's supposed to be because the coverage was just blown up. Um, you know, that's still on Vucevic. You got to adjust. You got to change. But Grant has got to be better on the defensive end. That's 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 the number one thing that he's got to provide right now because he's not a bad defender. Most most of the time, he's a pretty good defender actually. Uh, but uh, with with his offense struggling, with with the, you know the question mark about what he can do on that end. You know the Magic need him to be a plus defender, and and unfortunately Monday night he was not a plus defender. Not a lot of scores in double figures. Jonathan Isaac with eleven points on four for nine shooting. Evan Fournier with nine points, four assists, four turnovers. Really struggled with his game as well. Um, Wessa Wundu with nine points. Terrence Ross scores ten on four for fourteen shooting, two for seven from beyond the arc. Orlando shoots forty one point three percent for the game, ten for thirty five from beyond the arc. 14 for 19 from the foul line. They get 13 offensive rebounds. Turn it over only 11 times. So this game really came down to the Magic's inability to execute on offense and their inability to get stops at the end of the day. Kemba Walker again scores 24 points. Malik Monk off the bench with 21. Cody Zeller with 14 before leaving with a fractured hand. Marvin Williams with 10 as well. Um, Charlotte shoots 49.4% from the floor. 11 for 24 from beyond the arc. 30 for 33 from the foul line. Big difference there as well. 29 assists on 42 field goal makes. The Charlotte Hornets defeat the Orlando Magic 125 to 100.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The Orlando Magic now enter the 2019 calendar year in a place that I don't know if many of us expected them to be. You know, I I think that the general expectation for the Magic this year at the beginning of the season was that they would be better just by the fact that they had a lot of injuries last year, that that they were always better than the 25-win team we saw last year. That they underperformed, not statistically, but underperformed because of the circumstances of their season. And and in fact, you could very well argue that the Magic had the kind of season that the league prefers teams tank, so to speak. You know, Memphis is kind of that model team where, you know, Memphis was bad because they had injuries. It wasn't because of an organizational decision to lose. They lost because of bad luck. And the lottery is supposed to kind of help those teams occasionally. But the, I think the general expectation was, yeah, the Magic will improve a little bit. Finish up around, I think over-under was 30 wins. I had them at 32. But we all didn't, ex- didn't know where the Magic would sit in the playoff race. I think we all suspected that a, a high 30s would get in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, but didn't really see the Magic in that picture. Fast forward now to today, January 1st, and the Orlando Magic are 16-20. and 20. They're a half game, or full game now, out of the final playoff spot. They're in the race, and as, as I'm kind of arguing with some of the people who are saying, oh, the, the Magic need to tank, this is, you know, this team's going nowhere, which, you know, maybe they are, who the hell knows. You don't know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm someone of the, you know me from, from, from last year and the debates that we had about that, that I'm of the belief that you let the team fail. You know, you don't try and make the team fail. You, you let them fail. You let them see where they're going. And I think really all you can ask for, uh, all this team can really ask for is to give them the chance to succeed or to fail. Don't write them off before they're done with their statement here. And in any case, as I've told some people already, the Magic are getting the best of both worlds. Remember, the top four picks this year are determined by lottery, and the odds have leveled out. So the Magic will still get, not the best odds, obviously, but still get good odds. And where they're sitting in ninth or 10th place in the East, they'd get the seventh pick in the draft. You can get someone good with that. Uh, you know, I'm looking at you, Jay Moore from Murray State, or Darius Garland from Vanderbilt, or Nasir Little maybe from North Carolina, local kid. There's, there's, I, I would just say, hold your horses a little bit there. 
Now, this is not a question about what the long-term outlook for the team is. This is not a question of what comes next or the trade deadline. Or it maybe is a little bit. Where we sit here on January 1st as the calendar year turns, we begin to get a better picture of what this team needs to do to succeed. I would say this as we near the midway point of the season. Game 41 is the midway point of the season. That'll come at the end of this road trip, which is which is really nice symmetry because this is a this is a tough road trip, and the Magic do have an easier path after this. So very realistically, they could get more wins in the second half of the season than they do in the first. They've had a very difficult schedule so far this year. Not from opponent standpoint, but just from the travel standpoint. Playing that long road trip in Mexico that ended with Mexico City. Playing this road trip, which is insane. I will I will say this again. I've calling this road trip the road trip from hell. It is insane what the NBA is asking the Magic to do over the next week. But you do it because that's what that's what they say. I would say that what we're beginning to see is a picture of the Magic and what it looks like to have success. I would say that from what we've seen so far this year, you know, I was, I thought a realist, but relatively optimistic about this team. But I could say this for certain now that I've watched them, this team has playoff potential. Yes, Eastern Conference playoff potential. Don't get me wrong. It's rel- it's a relative mark. But this team's ceiling is certainly capable of making the Eastern Conference playoffs, even if it's sneaking into the eighth seed. And if that's the standard by which we judge them and should judge them, then it's very clear that they still have work to do to reach that. And Monday's game is a perfect example. Monday's game is a perfect example of just how much work Orlando has to do. Steve Clifford has said it several times already this year. We know how what we need to do to win games. We know what path we have to walk to win games. And if we do that, we can beat anybody. San Antonio on the road. Boston on the road. Pushing Golden State. Pushing Portland twice. Granted, almost doesn't win you anything in this league. It's still a loss. All losses count the same, just like all wins count the same. But I buy that. When this team plays, like they blew out Toronto at home. When this team plays focused and the way they need to play, they can beat anybody. Problem is, they don't do it every night. The problem is, you have nights like Monday night where you see the glimpses and the flashes of the kind of defense and attention to detail the Magic need. And yet, very next play, someone's getting caught on a screen, Kemba Walker's getting to the basket. On the very next play, the same thing. The lack of adjustment. And then bleeds begin to balloon. Orlando has faced their share of blowouts this year. Embarrassing blowouts. Well, 30-point deficit blowouts, like this one. Yes, the Hornets won by only 25, I know that, but they trailed by 35 at one point in the game. And that part is concerning. You cannot forget those. That this team is just as susceptible to winning the close games that they've won this year. They've won a lot of them. As they are to just getting embarrassed 
That part of this group, that part of this team is still there. And it's certainly a sign that, yes, there is still more work to do to build this roster up. The Magic's rebuild is not done just because they're in the playoff hunt. And don't take... I see a lot of fans. I see a lot of my followers doing this, actually. Don't take me saying this team is in it for the playoffs as a sign to to say that I think they're done. They are far from done. They are very far from done. They need a point guard. I love DJ Augustin. He's been amazing this year. They need a point guard. They still need Mo Bamba to take another step. They need Jonathan Isaac to take another step. They need a guy who can create off the wing. And maybe that's Evan Fournier, but probably it's not. They absolutely need depth. This team is still several pieces away from being a true playoff team, with a capital P perhaps, and perhaps a sneaky threat in the Eastern Conference. Perhaps. They still have work to do. No one's denying this. But for the short term, for the immediate, to make the playoffs, to achieve the goal that clearly this group has set out for themselves, to achieve that goal, they have to find consistency. And and that's really not so much consistency of effort, but consistency of organization, as Clifford would put, consistency of attention to detail. team's playing hard. I don't doubt that. They're trying. But are they trying in the right direction? Are they trying at the things that they need to do to be successful? Are they putting that effort into a positive direction or is it just kind of spinning the wheels? I would argue that Monday night, it was spinning the wheels. They were trying. Aaron Gordon was trying his hardest to create shots for himself, for others. And they weren't going down. They weren't getting the ball moving. They weren't creating the intended effect. I have no doubt that Isaiah Briscoe playing first meaningful minutes really of his career was trying really hard. But again, wasn't being effective on the defensive end especially. That's really what we're talking about here. And if the Magic have one thing to resolve, one resolution to make in 2019. It is to keep that attention to detail sharp. Because the margin for error for this team is still very thin. They Nights like this, there's a reason they're commonplace. And yeah, they skew the Magic statistical profile because the Magic are, by net rating, one of the 10 worst teams in the league. And that's not a playoff team. And it's because they're still susceptible to nights like this. Where they don't have everything in in succinct alignment. And they get embarrassed. They're not good enough, as Clifford has said many times, they're not good enough to show up and beat anybody. They've got to do the right things. And they get a perfect opponent to prove that with Wednesday night. Wednesday night against the Chicago Bulls, a team that frankly embarrassed them in the United Center not a week and a half ago. They get a chance to get them back, to show 
that they do have that attention to detail to pick up a win. This this season is nearly halfway over, but it's almost certainly just getting started. The book and story of the season is far from written. And how the Magic answer this question is going to determine what the ultimate outcome of 2019 is for the Orlando Magic. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Magic, I know I said it'd be a short episode, but it's not. I, I, I knew it wasn't going to happen. Shouldn't have promised it, but I didn't. But I did. And here we are, 30 minutes later. But I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. You, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Don't forget, the UCF Knights go for their second straight national championship, asterisk, not really, against the LSU Tigers in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl at 1 o'clock on ESPN. To all my Knight friends, charge on and go get that natty. Bring home the ship to Orlando. Or at least that really heavy Fiesta Bowl trophy. It's, it's a nice prize, too. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Frostenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 